when I think of the life of God, it's, I, I think a lot about the anointing. The anointing is kind of a flow. There's, there's scriptures. It's just, when you realize that this walk with God is about you walking in him. And we're going to look at that tonight. Because faith, the walk of faith is, is a rest. The Bible said, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. A rabbi's yoke was his doctrine. The Bible says the way of a transgressor, that's hard. But he says the walk of faith is rest. So let's look at that tonight. Turn in your Bibles. I think we ended here last week. John chapter 5. Remember the healing of the man at the pools or at the pool of Bethsaida. So we, we learned a principle that's really, see the, this series on the life of God, you're going to get into a bunch of things that you're going to see, oh my gosh, does the Bible talk a lot about the life of God? We don't, we don't talk about it, there's not, if you want to find a book on the life of God, I can't even tell you one, I've looked, you know, and it's just, we don't write a lot about it, we, we think we know a lot about it, but we really lack, lack understanding of it. We saw in this story that Jesus literally said this was one out of two in the whole ministry of Jesus. Only two times out of 19 individual cases that are showcased in the ministry of Jesus where it had nothing to do with the faith of the individual. It was either a gift of healing, a working of a miracle, or special faith. It was just, this man was just healed, right? And Jesus said... It's literally because as the Father has life in himself, he's given me, the Son, to have life in myself. He literally said that I, why, why did this happen, Jesus? Because I am working and my Father's working. I only see what, I, I only do what I see him do. I only say what I hear him say. It's really interesting how the Trinity operates. So we're going to look at that tonight. John chapter 5, verse 26. I need to just settle down because I've got so many scriptures going through me right now. John chapter 5 and verse 26. I just quoted it. For as the Father hath life, and this is the Greek word zoe, this is the eternal life of God, the quality of life that God has, he's saying as the Father hath life, Zoe life in himself. Look at what he says here. He's also, he hath he given to the son to have life in himself. I've said this the last couple services. The Lord spoke this to me, oh, not very long ago. But he said this. He said, you have to, you have to come to a place in your life where you make a conscious decision that you choose to believe what the word of God says. You have to make that choice and it's just a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. You have to choose to believe. You take that step to choose to believe why to come to the place where you know. Right? 
So we're going to really look at this because this is where a lot of people, why, why are we not seeing things that we should see in the body of Christ? And, and, I, and I'm telling you, we're going to, a switch is going to be flipped on. You're going to see healing signs, wonders as never before. It always has been the calling card of the gospel. Right now in America, entertainment is the calling card of the gospel. And it, and it doesn't produce anything. You know, in, in some instances, it could produce a lot of numbers, but it produces a lot of carnality. But God has a higher life more than the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Because all of that's passing away. But he said here, as the Father has life in himself, so he's given the Son, have, given the son to have life in himself. So you, you make this decision. I have made a decision in my life that I believe every word of this. There are parts of this that I don't have understanding of yet, but I've chosen to believe this. And I could tell you this, all day, every day of my life, I have come to a place of knowing. I know the word's true. I know that nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I know that I know that I know that Jesus bore my sin. I know that he was made to be sin with my sin. He took my place so that I would be redeemed from the curse of spiritual death. I know he's my healer. I know he's my provider. I have chosen to believe that. And now, oh my gosh, the feelings that I have, the experiences that I have with him today, of just a reality of who God is, so present in my life. So many people don't have that. Why? Because they've not chosen to believe. Right? This is huge. Always remember this. The written word, as we get in the written word, it will always reveal the living word, Jesus. How you're going to know that Jesus is real. How you're going to walk in a revelation of all that he is. You must put his written word first place. You'll never do that unless you choose to believe it. Right? You'll never do it. And, and, and people will stand up and say, well, God, you just prove yourself. And I'll believe it. You know, there was examples, Right? Jesus goes to his own hometown, and he was in Capernaum before then, and all these miracles, all these healings were taking place, and they said, now Jesus, now, now this, is, this is Jesus. Him and his dad built a table in my house, the carpenter's son. You know, but, but I'll tell you what, even though we, we watched you grow up, Jesus, if you'll do the miracles here that you did in Capernaum, well, then we might think about believing you. Do you know every time Jesus was put on the spot, he always said, no sign will be given to you. God is like, and we're going to see it, God's like, listen, the very creation proves that I'm real. I've put in every man, every person that's ever been born knows that God is real and that someday they're going to stand before, them, before him. But what happens is when they choose not to glorify him as God, they choose not to believe, they never come to a place of knowing. 
right? So the written word will reveal the living word Jesus. This is why we must put the word of God first place. This is huge. So now let's jump over to John John chapter 1, verse 4. You're just in John chapter 5. So as the Father has life in himself, he's given the Son to have life in himself. So now John chapter 1 and verse 4 says this. John chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, In him, talking about in Jesus, was life. Same Greek word. In him was life. Why? Why was Jesus filled with the life of God? Because as the Father hath life in himself, he's given the Son to have life in himself. In him was life, and look at this, and the life, the Zoe life of God, was the light of men. The Zoe life of God was the light of men. This word literally means the spiritual source of development. That's what that word in the Greek, the word light in the Greek means spiritual source of development. What is the source that will grow you up? The life of God in you. You must have the life of God in you in order to grow spiritually. If a person is not born again, they're spiritually dead. They literally don't have the life of God in them. So the only thing the Holy Spirit is going to try to convince them of is to wake their conscience up so that they know that they need Jesus. So that they have an opportunity to accept him, to say yes to him. Right? So this is, this is a huge thing. This, this light This Zoe life is what develops us. So now let's keep going with this. Let's go to John chapter 10 in verse 10. We went through this progression before. John chapter 10 in verse 10. Jesus said this in his ministry. He said the thief, talking about Satan, he comes to steal He comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Now, when we read this under the light of New Testament truth from the epistles, we understand that Satan is coming to steal the word of God. Because if he could steal the word of God, he separated an individual from faith. So now they can't receive anything from God. And now the door is open so that Satan can steal and kill in their life and destroy, right? So this is interesting, but Jesus said right here, but I have come that they might have life, Zoe life, and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, Jesus came to give you and I the same eternal quality of life that God the Father has, and that Jesus has. I'm so glad today I'm alive. I literally have in my spirit the very life and nature of God in me. I am his child. I was born again, the Bible says, by his incorruptible seed. This word is called an incorruptible seed. 
I mean, this word, this is why we call it the canon of Scripture. People will say, well, you know, so many thousands of years and all this stuff. How do you know that this is true? It's incorruptible. Well, how do you know that? Because God said it. And I have chosen to believe it, and therefore, the Holy Spirit now has been able to bring revelation of my heart throughout the Word of God to me, so now I know it. Right? So this is how it works. The thief comes. See, the life of God, when, when we look at this scripture, the life of God, in other words, is put into practice in our lives through the word of God. How do you walk in the life of God? You walk by the word of God. It literally, it literally teaches you and shows you how to apply this. Does that make sense? So the life of God causes you to grow up spiritually and develop. See, we're complete in him, but we are not completely developed, right? See, when we're born again, you're complete, but you're not completely developed. But the life of God in your spirit, when you put the word of God first place and meditate in it day and night, the key, though, is you got to hear it to meditate in it. So, so to hear it, you got to have it first place, but when he, it's first place in your life and you're like, listen, father, when I hear your word, I'll do it. I'm not listening to it to just decide whether I'm going to do it or not. No, no, no. Jesus is my Lord. So I'll do it. And when I, when I, I'm in that position now, I'll start growing spiritually. This is what we're talking about. Isn't that awesome? So now jump back to John chapter five and we're going to look at verse 24. John chapter 5 and verse 24. I love this, and it's in this story. This is at the end of that story about the healing at the man at Bethsaida. But let's, let's, let's look at this. Verse 24 of John chapter 5. It says this, Verily, verily, Jesus speaking again, I say unto you, He that heareth my word... And, or you could say, and he that believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting Zoe life. So the key here, again, is hearing. This, this Greek word right here, it's akuo. It literally is a Greek verb, but it is from the Greek noun it's a koe. It's, it's of the same word that we find in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, where it says faith comes by hearing. In other words, faith comes, according to Romans 10, 17, by putting the word of God first place because you reverence and honor and respect it above everything else in your life so that you give it your undivided attention and you're listening to it with the heart attitude that I'm going to do what it says and continue in it. Faith will come to you when you hear that, when you hear the word. This is saying when you hear, verse 24, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me, what, it ha what does it say this person has? He hath everlasting zoe and shall not come into condemnation. Aren't you glad that you and I 
will never come into condemnation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that all of our sins, all of my sins, all of your sins, once and for all, past, present, and future, all of it was condemned. In other words, all my sin came into condemnation in the body of Jesus 1,990 years ago on the cross. And that word condemned in the flesh of Jesus, it's a once and for all verdict, can never be reopened again. In other words, my sin has all been paid for. Your sin has all been paid for. So now, when we possess eternal life, it says, and we will not come in the condemnation. Isn't that amazing? When you stand before God, you're not going to have to give an account for your sin. Ever. The judgment seat of Christ, your works will be judged. It's actually a reward ceremony. And this is why we teach the word, because the Bible says, don't be as those that will shrink back on that day. And guys, that day is approaching. We know the judgment seat of Christ is right when Jesus comes back for his church. The Bible says he comes with his reward in his hand. We will stand before the Bema seat, and everything we've done for God will be judged by fire. Only those things that were done in faith, done in love, will remain, and we'll get a reward for it. Right? What an exciting day that's going to be. I look forward to hearing those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Right? Tony, you've been faithful over a little over here, but now I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you a ruler over all this in my eternal kingdom. And I'll be like, Jesus, that's so awesome because I can't take credit for anything that I did on the earth. It was all me and you. You, you actually did it, right? I mean, that's, that's why we, we don't have a diadem crown like Jesus has. He wears his crown as a diadem crown. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. It's his majestic crown. We wear a victor's crown. And that crown literally shows what, what he did through our lives as we walked. We walked how? We walked like this. But it says we won't come into condemnation. Boy, we got to get revelation on this. Because do you know how many Christians are condemning themselves for their actions? And the shame and the condemnation for their actions is pulling them back into the sin. When all the time God is saying, right, if you'll get... If you'll get a revelation of who you are in me, that you've been made righteous, it will empower you to walk free from sin because the power of sin's been broken over your life once and for all. Romans chapter 6 says, We were crucified with Christ. We were buried with him in baptism. We were raised to newness of life. We were identified with him in his crucifixion and in his resurrection. And now... Sin will have no dominion in our life anymore. It's broken. We're free. Isn't that amazing? What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about the life of God. It says here, it finishes this verse. I love this. It says, but is passed from death unto life. Isn't that amazing? I never I mean, I literally, I'm like, it's like I'm in the board game of life and I'm going and I'm on my way to this, this spot that 
everybody has to land on, and it's called spiritual eternal death. And all of a sudden, God infused me with his life when I bowed to the lordship of Jesus, made me a new creature, and I passed right over spiritual death unto spiritual life. And all I had to do was believe it. See how simple that is? Simple. His yoke, it's easy. His burden, it's very light. So I mentioned this earlier. Let's go to Romans. We have to, we have to look at this scripture. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. And this is a whole study. But this will help you deal with people right now because people will ask you questions about things, but here is what the Word of God says with so much of this. Romans chapter 1, actually, let's just read verse 16 and we'll go on. You guys doing okay? All right, I hope you get built up. You know, the Lord is really stirring me that in every service, there, there has to be a double portion of strength, of hope, you know, an anointing. There's an, because what we're facing is increasing. But, but as much as it's increasing, what God is depositing in us is increasing. Amen. There, I believe there's a double portion. There's an increase of equipping that happens in every service. Amen. I love that. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation. To Look at this. It's only the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Who, everyone who chooses to believe. If, if, it's, if they don't choose to believe, guess what? They think it's foolishness. The Bible says that this whole thing is foolishness to those that are perishing. Right? It says here, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then it says, for therein, therein, the gospel of Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. There is the wrath of God from the righteous judge of all the earth that is literally, it is there for all unrighteousness, for all sin. Actually, the tribulation period is called Jacob's wrath. We are very close to that 70th week, the start of that tribulation period. Thank God we won't be here. You know, amen. God doesn't pour his wrath out on his kids, right? He can't. Because the wrath, even it says it right here and in many other places, it, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Well, guess what? We're not unrighteous. Right? So it says here of men, and then it says this gives us a, a truth. And we, we won't go into this because you could go scripture after scripture on this part. It says here, who hold the truth in unrighteousness. It's a little vague in the King James Version. If you look at this Greek word hold, it means who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And this is what happens to people. They suppress the truth. That, that's what happens. 
They suppress it. Man, as a Christian, we should understand that. Because when we try to suppress the truth, our spirit goes, what are you doing? Right? We get ugly, and we get out of the love walk, and our spirit's going, what are you doing? Right? But these were, this is talking about who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. What does that mean? That means I'm going to do what I want to do in my flesh. And as I walk that out, I'm suppressing the truth. And eventually, I won't even feel like it is the truth. It's what's happening. Everybody you're going to deal with, everybody who doesn't know the Lord, this is right where they're at. Everybody who's a carnal Christian, that's right where they're at too. They're suppressing truth. The difference is they have inner turmoil. Right? Because their spirit's born again. So let's keep going with this. It says... Now look at, now it's going to explain it. Verse 19, we're, we're, we're moving towards verse 21 and 22. That's what I want you to see. This is just the extra. But the extra is really good, right? It says here, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. What? Yes. That which may be known of God is manifest. doesn't say manifest to them. It says it's manifest in them. That means every human being who's ever been born, it's been manifested. That means what was hidden was shown to them. God, in other words, that's where I, when I say, when I make the statement, everybody knows that God's real and that they're going to have to stand before him one day. Now, you'll have people that are atheists You'll have people that are, oh, intellectuals and, or whatever, or just people that are just, you know, they just want to live their life. And they'll say, no, 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 I just don't believe that. That, that Christianity stuff's a bunch of nonsense. Why, why? Because of the unrighteousness that they're walking in, they've literally suppressed. We learn from other scriptures, Satan has a legal right to blind the minds of those that choose not to believe. It doesn't say, I thought for years, I thought for years that Satan, he blinds the minds of the whole world. Nope. He could only, even, an, even somebody who doesn't know God, he could only blind the minds of those that don't believe. When a person chooses not to believe, when they look up at the sky, when they look at the stars, when they look at creation, when they look at even the human body, I mean, check out the brain. Are you kidding me? Right? When they see a bumblebee, how can a bumblebee fly? That's, that they, nobody understands that, right? When, when, they, when they understand, is, I don't know if it's physics, I'm getting, over, <laughs> I'm getting over in a bad area here, but they can't even figure out why this table stays together or why matter stays together. They can't figure it out. But the Bible says that everything is held together by the word of his power. Wow. It says here, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from, creation, from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse." 
The Bible is saying that creation reveals the Godhead. Not just that God's real. No, it reveals God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now, now this is what I want you to see, though. Because that, when they knew God, when was that? That was when, right? It was manifest in them. At some point, it was manifest in them. They glorified, this means they didn't honor or magnify him as God. They glorified him not as God. So when it was manifest in him, they chose not to glorify God. Neither were thankful. They weren't thankful. Okay? Now, we need to take notes as believers. This is talking about an unbeliever, but I'm telling you, this is why a believer gets blinded. See, instead, unbeliever, when that which was known of God was manifest in them and they chose not to glorify God and were not thankful, for a believer, when they hear the word of God day in and day out and they, they're born again and God has revealed some things to them, when they choose not to believe it, same thing happens. What happens? They're not thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. In other words, a movie started playing in their mind that was contrary to what God says. For some people's movie, it's, I'm an agnostic. I think there's a God, but I'm not really sure who. Others, I'm an atheist. You know, I don't really, I don't believe in God. So all of a sudden, a movie starts playing that I don't have to serve God. I could live however I want. I could do whatever I want. There is no God. Whatever the lie is for everybody. And then it says, once that happens, their foolish heart is darkened. And professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Now there's a point to this. I'm starting to see this because I'm like, what? Lord, what are you doing? You have to realize to walk in the life of God that this is all about Jesus. It's not about you. So I want to talk about some in you realities from the word of God. So go to 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 1 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Hallelujah. But that'll help you minister to people. Because, see, you could believe God that God could wake up the conscience of somebody whose foolish heart has been darkened. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and they went from, I want nothing to do with this, to all of a sudden you see it in their face. Oh my gosh, I know I'm not right before God. This is why Satan has people lie and manipulate and cheat so that they lose their ability to believe their own words. So it's hard for them to ever no truth to ever come to God. But the Holy Spirit can go all the way through all that. I've seen people wake up when I've witnessed to them and all of a sudden they're like, this Jesus that I just told you I didn't believe in, I need to accept him. I, they see it all over their face. I've seen people, they just get saved right there. They give their heart to Christ. I've seen others shake that off and go no. And then they go dark again. Right? And this is, you, this is what we're going to deal with. 
but the Holy Spirit is greater. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Look at what it says here. In you reality, for I know nothing, now this is written to Christians, by myself. Yet am I, am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. For I know nothing by myself. Yeah, but pastor, come on. I worked my butt off and I got this bachelor's degree and I went to this trade school and I've, I've learned all this and I've done all these things and yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're saying it's because of you, God calls it nothing. Right? The Bible is very clear that by ourselves we can't know anything. That's why we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to show us that we can know. The Bible says we can know all things in him. In him. That's an in him reality. So in you reality, by yourself, you're not going to know anything. Look at verse 7. Same chapter. For I know, or I'm sorry, let me read it correctly. Verse 7. For who makes thee to differ from another? So in other words, who made you different from someone else? Right? Do you notice every one of us are different? Right? Who made us differ from another? And what have you that you did not receive? The answer to that is nothing. What do you have that you didn't receive? Nothing. In you reality, in myself, I have nothing. Bible tells me to glorify God in my body and in my spirit. The soul is part of your spirit. We, we separate it to study, but it's really your soul and your spirit are together. The Bible says glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are his. Right? So if your body's his and your spirit's his, Right? If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't even be here today. In other words, right? So, so he finishes, now if you, if you received it, why do you glory? That's an interesting question that the Bible asks. So God's like, wait a minute, time out. If you don't have anything except what you've received, why are you glorying in yourself as if you didn't receive it right so now let's go to john chapter 15 let's look at the third one and then we'll be done there's there's a fourth one but i i I don't have time to go into that one tonight john chapter 15 in verse 5 you're like pastor this is such an uplifting sermon i found out tonight that in myself i i basically don't have anything and thank you praise god right John chapter 15, verse 5, look at this one. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Praise God. I have nothing, I know nothing, and I can do nothing. Let me just go and have a wonderful 
depressed evening, right? No, no, there's good news though. There's in him realities. The Bible says in him, you can know all things. In him, you know, you can do all things. The Bible actually says that for us that are born again, that we've already been blessed with everything that pertains to life and godliness, given all things that pertain to life and godliness. So in other, in other words, we've been given all things. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Everything is in Christ. So this is good news. We're learning about the life of God. We have to come up this slope, and I'm, I'm wanting to rush, but, my, but the Holy Spirit's going, don't rush. So now let's, let's, let's look at this just a little bit more. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, and I believe it's verse 9 or verse 10. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 in verse, let me see here. Let me find it. Chapter 2, verse 10. There we go. Yes. So now look at this. This is talking about us. For we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So in other words, you and I, were created in Christ. Okay? So if we were created in Christ, guess what? This is why we are in Christ. Because we were created in him. Another scripture says we're one spirit with God. In other words, we're one with him. This is amazing. So you were created in him. Now go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Actually, we'll start in verse 1. If then ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection. This means set your mind and your thoughts on things above not on things of the earth. Do you know when you set your mind and affections on things of the earth, guess what it produces every time? Death. Because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the Bible says it's passing away. It's not of the Father. Life is beyond this. But then it says here, for you are dead. Praise God. I have nothing. I can do nothing. I know nothing. I'm dead. What a great sermon on the life of God. Praise God, right? <laughs> for you are dead, but now it gets really good. And your life is what? Hid. That means it's tucked away with Christ in God. So that word hid is tucked away. So think about this. I was created in Christ and I was tucked away with Christ in God. Are you starting to get a picture that maybe this walk of faith is not about you? 
And it's not up to you to make your healing come to pass. It's not up to you to make the money appear. It's not up to you to be the head and not the tail. That's what I hope you see because this is giving us a little bit. I could sense it. It's just a little bit. So now we got to go over to Galatians. We got we to gotta throw Paul into the equation since he wrote most of this stuff, right? Go to Galatians 2.20. Thank you. The word is good, isn't it? Man. All the time. Paul said this in Galatians 2.20. He says, and in the Greek it would read, I have been and I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it goes on, but yet not I. But Christ lives in me. So I'm tucked away with Christ in God and he lives in me. So because of that now, the life, the life, what are we talking about? The life of God. This is giving us a picture of, of what a characteristic of the life of God is. But the, and the life which I now live in the flesh I live it not by my own faith. I live it by the faith of God. When it says the just shall live by faith, it's not saying you got to conjure this stuff up. No, it's saying the just shall live by God's faith. But the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of God. And now look at this faith works by love. I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm telling you, it's it's God's faith. For by faith, or for by grace, are you saved through faith. You receive everything from God through faith, and it's not your faith. You have no ability to produce it. It only comes by hearing the word of God. Let's go over to Mark chapter 11. So in Mark eleven twenty two, this is they're asking him, Jesus, this tree you cursed is withered from the root. And he answered them and he said, have faith in God. And now if you look at the Greek words here, you could translate it equally in each way. You could have faith in God. More directly, it would, it would really, the closest thing would be, have the faith that God has. Or you could translate it very accurately, have the God kind of faith. Which is Galatians 2.20. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God. So I was created in Christ. And now I live by his faith. I, I hope what this is going to start doing is take some pressure off of you and make you realize that anything you face in life, you'll stop comparing it to you. But the walk of faith is you compare everything to him. It's amazing when David... When David met Goliath, one thing he never said, 
I mean, here's this little worship leader dude with skinny jeans, right? And, and he's like, here's this nine foot six Philistine killer. And he never once mentioned how big he was. Why? All he said was he's an uncircumcised Philistine. In other words, he's like, what is your guys' problem? This guy has no covenant with God, and we do. So when I go to battle, it's not me fighting Goliath. It's God fighting Goliath. It's not you fighting cancer. It's God fighting cancer. This is Bible. We didn't make this up. So let's go over to Acts 17. Acts 17. Man, I've got goosebumps on top of goosebumps. Acts 17, 28. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him I live. Where do you live? You were created in him, and you live in him by his faith. In him I live and I move. You know, I played basketball. I know I don't look like it. Man, if you just kind of trim me down and go back in time, wow, right? I was a 6'3 nightmare on a court. Today, that would be a nightmare because 6'3, you know, they don't even have coaches that are 6'3 anymore, right? So it says in him, I live and I move. It's, like, it's just like a flow. It's like a crossover dribble. In him, I live and I move. I know that's just the way I think. That's whatever. In him, I live and I move and I have my very being. See, my very identity is in him. If I want to look at what I look like, I have to look at him because I'm in him. I was created in him. Everything about me drips God. Am I God? No, but I'm his kid. You got to understand when, when Satan attacks your body, it's not your body. He's attacking God's. I, I love this father. I just believe I received my healing in my body. Oh, excuse me. It's not mine. It's yours. Boy, I bet that ticks you off that Satan put that on you. Is that not Bible? All over the book. In him I live and move and have my very being. I love that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. I hope it's 2 Corinthians, because I get 1 and 2 Corinthians. Wow. Oh, it is. Praise God. It says here, look at this. For all, now this is an interesting Greek word. I bet you guys could tell me what it means in the Greek. All. That's deep. That's going to be in the Tony Finley commentary. Right? Theologian Tony. Junior theologian, with emphasis on junior, big time. Look at what it says, for all of the promises of God. There is a lot of promises. The Bible says that by these promises, you actually become a partaker of his divine nature. 
Do you think God wants you to walk in his promises? Absolutely, because as you walk in his healing, as you walk in his peace, as you walk in his strength and in his joy, you partake of his very nature. Wow. For all the promises of God are in him or in Christ, yes, and in him, amen, which means so be it unto me. Unto the glory of God by us. Wow. I mean, isn't that amazing? You were created in him. You walk by his faith. It comes from hearing his word. Wow. You were given his life. You're to be strengthened by his strength. You're to walk in his peace. You're to lay hold every moment of every day of his grace. Do you see how your life has been tucked away with Christ in God? When people teach this ridiculousness that sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no, really? I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist. But all the promises of God are in him and they're always yes and so be it unto me. Why? Because he's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. When? When I, got, when I was born again? Nope. I was given it 1,990 years ago when Jesus came out of the grave. I love that. So now we're ready for 1 John chapter 5. Let's go over to 1 John chapter 5. I want to encourage you Write these scriptures down. There's a reason the Holy Spirit has a flow tonight. These are not by chance. God, I, I don't think I've said anything that you probably haven't heard me say before, but haven't you heard it in a deeper way? It's the anointing. It has weight. It's the very word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. It's not subject to change. And you didn't mess it up. You are not your behavior. And when you realize you've been made new and that sin has been broken off your life and all this stuff the enemy's done in your past has nothing to do with your future because you are a world overcomer in him. All day, every day. It's right there. And it's not going to be you being good enough or strong enough or smart enough to lay hold of it. No, 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 no. You do it all in Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit will help you grab hold of everything. This is why none of us will ever stand before God and go, yeah, but God, at the judgment seat of Christ, yeah, but God, the reason, no, you won't do that. Because you'll be like, wait a minute. Here's the Holy Spirit, he's standing right next to me going, right? So let's, where'd I tell you to go? Man, 1 John 5, 11, okay, thank you. Praise, it's a group effort. Okay, it's a group effort. 1 John 5, 11, And this is the record that God hath given to us, eternal zoe. This is the record. God has given man his life. And this life is where? It's in his son. This is why Jesus said, I am the way. Because the life of God is only in the Son. 
It's not in Hinduism. It's not in Buddhism. It's not being a Mormon. It's in his son. Jesus is the way. The truth. And he is the life. This is the record. The question is, are you going to believe it? Are you going to choose to believe it so you step into the place of knowing it? Where it changes your life. Yes. I think there's a bunch of people here that are saying yes. It says here, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Notice it doesn't say all the good people have life. (laughs) And all the bad people don't have life. No, 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 no. Has nothing to do with that. And I don't know about you, but I'm going, thank God. He that, see, I'm okay because I have the Son. He is my Lord. And I'm real happy about that. Oh, my flesh doesn't like it. Man, my flesh wants to do stupid things. But I know that's not life. But my spirit's going, no, 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 no. And I keep feeding my spirit. And I keep renewing my mind with his word, by his faith. And I keep my body under. Because I can. Because sin doesn't have, dom- it won't dominate me. He that hath the Son has life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. You know how I keep saying you have to make a choice to believe to come to the place of knowing? It's right here. These things have I written unto you. He wrote to who? Those of you that believe on the name of the Son of God. See, he can't really write it to people that don't believe because they'd never see it anyway. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. In other words, we are commanded to believe on the name of the Son of God. And when we obey that, this is why Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best that the land can provide. Man. But all, he said all that to look at this, to say this. And this is the confidence that we have where? In him. Wow. So even my confidence is in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if I know that he hears me, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him, that we've craved of him. This is a supernatural prayer life. You know, we need to keep going on this, but we can't do it tonight. But I'd love to get you over to the parable of the sower where you see that it's the word of God that produces everything, not you. So many Christians are trying to work this deal. And it's like, no, 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 no. The word, Jesus does it all. 
So tonight, this helps us define. This helps us define. And this is why. What does it say in Mark 9, 23? Here's Jesus ministering, and at the end of it he says, if you can believe, and then he makes a true statement, a principle, all things are possible to him who believes. I'll leave you with that tonight. You're in Christ. If you'll simply believe on the name of the Son of God, you will come to the place where you know. But all things are possible to him who believes. Think about that. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not in a self-help seminar tonight to where we're, ta- we're thinking, we're learning how to think positively. No, 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 no. We're learning how to think divinely or unlimited. We, if we kept going, <clears throat> I have so many scriptures, that literally the life of God is literally his nature, it's his wisdom, it's everything that God is, is yours as a child of God. Hallelujah.